Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm your host, Ross Chevalier. Whether you are a bassist by preference or are looking at adding bass to your musical skills, there are decisions to be made when you go this route. It may not be as simple as it once was. I am well aware of the disdain some fools have for bassists. I place these folks on the same bus to hell as those who would have disdain for drummers or disrespect for those who build skill on any instrument other than the complainant's personal choice. I'm a guitarist first, but I love playing the bass. Being able to indulge in playing bass helps me to be a better musician, a better recordist, mixer, and producer. The bass, along with the drums, hold down the Ford of modern music. While many guitarists might think of Jimmy Page, there'd be no Led Zeppelin without John Paul Jones and John Bonham. Or no Red Hot Chili Peppers without Flea and Chad Smith. In fact, if you look at music history, bass has been integral longer than guitar. But I digress. What do you like about the bass? Is it the underlying pace setting and rhythmic power? Or are you more attracted to the bass as a lead instrument? Whatever you choose is right for you. I'm inspired by the great jazz bassists who held the time and form for great horn players to play against. I love the work of James Jamerson before I knew who he was or even what a Motown sound was. I was blown away by the intricacies of the bass lines of Chris Squire and am still intrigued to learn the bass work of Getty Lee. The sound of Jaco Pastorius takes me on wonderful mental excursions. These players may also inspire you, or perhaps it's someone else. Whatever works for you is right for you. I said that buying a bass today is tougher than in the past, solely because there are more choices readily available. In the past, when we said bass, we thought of an instrument with four strings, tuned an octave down from the low four strings on a guitar. Any guitar player could, and still can, do some rudimentary bass playing, and some of those guitar players became inspired to take the bass further. Both Paul McCartney and Geddy Lee started out as guitarists. I do recall when there were only two basses, or at least it's what most of us thought there were, the Fender Precision and the Fender Jazz. There were then, and there are now, more choices available. But we are perhaps more aware today of our options. Do we stay with the proven four-string bass? What about a five-string bass that adds a lower B below the E string? Do we go to a six-string bass? While it may be true that lower voice strings were first demanded by players of heavy metal, there is nothing that says only metal players will ever want a six-string bass. I don't play metal. I have a six-string bass. Should the bass have frets, or should it be fretless? Many bassists got their first exposure in schools with the stand-up string bass, although I must say I fear that music programs are at risk in schools these days. I knew many bassists in rock bands who also played bass in the orchestra or stage band. Listen to Jaco Pistorius, and you find a sound that is only achievable on a fretless electric bass. What scale length do we choose? The traditional electric bass has a longer scale length than a standard guitar, but what if the player is a smaller person? 
I own a decades-old court short skill bass that is an absolute joy to play. Do you choose a bass with passive pickups or active pickups? Many basses today ship with active pickups, offering extremely flexible tonal palettes, including the ability to select on the fly where the mid-range tone is centered. Yes, this does mean the involvement of batteries to keep track of, and the need to remember to unplug the bass when not in use, lest you inadvertently kill the batteries, but you might find the additional capability of active pickups right up your alley. If you do choose to go to more strings, do you also choose to go to a multi-scale design, where the frets are fanned to allow the lower pitch strings to be physically longer, have a longer scale length, so they sag less when they're tuned down to B. Multi-scale is not a new idea, but there are now enough options in the marketplace to make this a reasonable consideration. How does the bass hang on your frame? Is it well-balanced or does it prove to be headstock heavy? I'm not a small person, but I have a Gibson Thunderbird bass that sounds awesome, but I have to hold it differently because it feels like the neck goes on forever, even though the scale length is the same as my old Fender Jazz bass. My first five string was and is a Fender Precision with active pickups. My second is a multi-scale Ibanez also with active pickups. They're different to play, but both have their strengths. I mentioned earlier that I own a six string bass and it's a Marcus Miller model from Sire. And it is either active or passive. Even while the six string has a smaller body, it's still pretty heavy and I'd probably be better on it if I had longer, more supple fingers. That, however, is not an option for me to order. It doesn't take away from my enjoyment, but it does lead me to consistently recommend that you play a number of bases before you buy, or if you're buying a base for another person, try to ensure that the player has the opportunity to try different bases of different configurations. Just because a favorite artist plays or advertises a particular model, does not mean it is right for everyone. The bass needs to fit the player because no one sticks with an instrument that's uncomfortable to play. Basses, electric, tend to need amplifiers, also electric. And bass amplifiers are measured differently than guitar amplifiers. They're producing lower frequencies, so they tend to need a little bit more power to make those larger speakers work. The good news is we don't see the two versus solid state blood wars in bass amps the way that we do find with guitar amplifiers. While basses can also use effects, the range for effects is smaller as basses tend to focus on what they can do with their hands over what kind of swoosh and shimmer a pedal can produce. For playing at home, I also recommend an amplifier that has an option to be played silently using headphones or you might even consider an amp substitute that can plug in directly to an FRFR speaker or to a recording interface, depending on the use cases. As wonderful as they sound, and they do sound wonderful, the need for a, an Ampeg Classic SVT head and 8x10 speaker cabinet is not the same as it once was. It also means that you don't have to have a hired crew to move that giant speaker cabinet around. Ampeg, Fender, Blackstar, and others make great sounding home bass amplifiers that are still powerful enough to handle small to medium gigs and will not require that professional weight lifter to transport them. 
As an example, Getty Lee has been using a base preamp that plugs right into the house PA for a very long time, and no one can really question his musical success. The bass is a wonderful and fulfilling instrument. Whether you are a guitarist or bassist or player of any other instrument, having and playing the bass can be a joy and an emotional and musical release. I hope that this episode has helped resolve any questions on this subject, but always feel free to send an email or post a comment. I read and respond to all. As always, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the articles and to this podcast so you get notified when a new one is posted. Until next time, peace.